Yes, this Behind the Exploratory Lessons episode number 25. Yes, indeed, I know it's been a couple months since I did the last episode. But like I mentioned, season 2 is going to be guest-driven. There's no set time period at all. It could be sporadic or it could be a while. Much like this one. But I hope you won't be disappointed with this episode because I had the honor and the privilege to interview Josh Berry, the most recent NASCAR Xfinity Series winner from Martinsville, about just... Life after winning, more about his win, and also a little bit going into Talladega this weekend because he'll be a part of the Dash for Cash. So without further ado, let's not waste much time. Let's get right down to the interview with Josh Berry. How have you been so far going into, before going to Talladega? How's things been? Yeah, it's been a uh, great couple weeks for us. Um, you've been uh, really grateful to do a lot of cool things and talk to a lot of people and about our win at Martinsville and you know we're getting to the point now we're ready to to go to Talladega and see what we do we have a great opportunity with Xfinity and the Dash for Cash and it should be a lot of fun most certainly of course you're going to be part of that Dash for Cash along with Noah Gregson just kind of describe I know it's been brought up a couple times how Noah was one of the first people that congratulated you kind of just tell us how neat is it to be a part of that Dash for Cash along with Noah? And hopefully the expectation not only just to probably get a strong finish, but also be the top guy in that among the four. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it kind of gives you an additional uh, goal to chase when you get there. Besides, you know, we obviously want to get a good finish. That's obviously a goal every week. But the whole Dash for Cash thing is kind of interesting. And, um, you know, for us, it would be a big deal to win that. So, you know, hopefully myself or Noah can get it for JRM. and um you know me and me and Noah have uh you know became pretty close friends and and I'm sure we'll have the opportunity to work together throughout the race on Saturday if if I recall correctly you've helped out a, a lot of drivers from the JRM camp from behind the scenes or even at the track kind of what have you seen from Noah not just from a driver but as a person now that you become teammates on a much regular basis for at least the first half of 2021 yeah, um, you know, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of different drivers throughout our through our late model program, and um, you know, this is kind of a different step for me, being in the Xfinity car and and working with the you know my my other teammates, and yeah, I don't know, like I said, just me and Noah just uh, got along. I think um, you know he's a he's a good kid, and I think he has a lot of talent, and um, you know, just enjoyed, uh, he's just, just fun to be around and, and enjoy working with him. So I think me and him think alike when it comes to a lot of, a lot of stuff with racing and, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just been a lot of fun throughout this opportunity. Do you take good pride on helping all these young kids out that they look up on you, not just because of your track records and the, in the short track world, but also just kind of like your approach. Because I, if I recall, like Drew Herring kind of does, did similar things with Toyota when he, that ultimately landed him a one-off ride for Gaunt Brothers. Did they take pride on helping those other folks, especially knowing that opportunities are hard to come by that kind of gives you like kind of more diverse diversity in your career? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think that's an important part of our, our late model program, being able to develop some of these guys and um you know unfortunately for me I haven't always you know had the opportunities you know like maybe we would dream of but you know I've still had a lot of success and and uh accomplished a lot of great things and you know have a great job so um you know this has been this opportunity has really been 
really big. And I think, you know, all the, over the course of, you know, all these years, short track race and the set success we've had and, and working with these other drivers is kind of what led them to, to, you know, give me this opportunity. So, um, I love working with them and I love, um, you know, getting to work with, you know, someone like, like Noah, or, you know, and who has short track race and has a real respect and appreciation for the things that I've accomplished. And, and I think that goes a long way. If there's one competitor in the short, in the short track world and the late models that you feel like will thrive on the national level, who would it be and why? Man, that's hard to say. Um, there's so many great ones that I, that I know of. Um, man, just probably the one that sticks out to me the most that I've raced with is uh, Lee Pulliam, um, just multi-time NASCAR national champion, great short track racer. Um, you know, I would, I, I honestly, I was surprised throughout my years of, of racing with him that, that he didn't get an opportunity um, really at all. Um, and I don't know, this, that's kind of one that stands out to me that I, that, that I would just love to see what he could do, but this stuff is hard and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of experience to, to get going up front. So that's why, um, you know, you saw the mistakes and things that we had happen to us at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And, and of course I've seen a couple of late model short track racing. Sometimes when things don't go other driver's way, how difficult is it to kind of keep your, how to keep yourselves, <clears throat> how to keep yourself or any other driver composed under difficult circumstances, especially like you mentioned at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, you, you forget in these opportunities, um, you know, how long these races are and how much could happen. And, and, um, you know, the, the main difference from like what I'm used to with the short track stuff is, you know, there's just so many more variables in these races, you know, you got all the, the you know, the stages and the restarts and the pit road and, you know, just all the different things that can happen to set you behind, you know, in, in a late model, if you get a bad restart, you might lose a spot or two, um, you know, in this, you could lose 10 or 12, you know, it's, it's just a lot different and it, it's just, uh, you know, it's just been hard um especially with no practice and you know seeing all these places for the first time but you know all in all I think you know especially after winning I think you know it's 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 went fairly well and now of course you have that win have you ever just of course a lot of we're talking about your crew chief with Taylor Moyer and also Dale Earnhardt Jr. just I want to know more about kind of like the relationship you have with Taylor and kind of like the team chemistry that has grown and actually bonded over time. Yeah, I think uh, me and Taylor have, have gotten along really well. I, I think we're very similar personalities. Um, we're similar in age. Um, we both, you know, kind of have, have something to prove really that whole team, you know, ta you know, Taylor wants to win just as bad as, as I do. And I think, uh, Taylor knows that, you know, I'm coming, you know, I'm a, I'm an accomplished short track racer and he has respect for that. And, and he knows that, you know, that I'm grateful for this opportunity and, and just want to do well for them. Um, you know, we just, we kind of, you know, really have got, got along from the start. Um, really there's been no issues at all. Um, you know, I try to, I try to be good to those guys, you know, I try not to complain a lot. I try to work hard and, and be there and, and just um, do every, everything I can to, to show these guys how, how thankful I am for them. So it's, uh, it's been a good relationship so far. 
Well, certainly, and it's and it shows that I imagine it will continue to do so now with the wind under your belt. Now, and I think you probably know how popular that win was for not just the people that are your competitors, the fans that have been with you for the, the longest of time, and of course, Boss Man and Dale Jr. How it's just describe how humbling and gratifying is it to have someone that is invested on you for the longest of time to the point that it kind of became emotional for him far more than his wins or his dad's wins. Yeah, that was uh, really special. I mean, Dale's been, you know, Dale's the reason I'm here. I mean, he, he took a chance on me and has given me, uh, you know, lots of, you know, opportunities and, and uh, you know, the, and really this, this 12, uh, 12 race opportunity, I think had a lot to do with him and, and, um, you know, we came off an amazing season last year and I think he felt like that this was a time to give me an opportunity. And, um, you know, I mean, just to be able to win, I mean, that's the, you know, that was the home run of what we were trying to do. I think he knew how hard this would be. I knew how hard this would be. And if, you know, we just felt like if we can get, be competitive, get some good runs and you never know what happened, but you know, really, I think as badly as we wanted to win, um, we knew how tough it would be. So to be able to accomplish that is just, it's just really been amazing. And I mean, it just feels really good to be able to, to do that for him. Now you're going into, Ta we go back to Talladega. Just what was, what is your expectation? What do you learn from Daytona that you could adapt to Talladega now that you ran a super speedway track, knowing how it feels to kind of have that mindset of survival, but also have a great finish, hoping the car comes home in one piece. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned a ton at Daytona. I mean, you just kind of have to learn on the fly. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time watching and watching tape and preparing for that race. And you just kind of got to learn on the fly, really. And, and I think we did fairly well that we found ourselves in some good spots at the, you know, towards the end and, you know, learned as we went and found ourselves in a good spot. And Yeah, I feel a lot more optimistic about Talladega just because I've, I've got, already got six races under my belt. I'm much more comfortable with the team and the car and, you know, just the environment of the Xfinity series. Um, so I think that should help a lot. Like I said, uh, Daytona was a big step. You know, not only, you know, you got to remember that was not only my first super speedway race, but that was also my first Xfinity race in a, in a good while um, with a new team and, and everything. So um, getting back in the groove of all that is, is going to play into our favor on, on Saturday. And we're just going to do the best we can and see what we can do. Most certainly, of course, that the super speedways has kind of been kind of like colleagues strong gain strong suit so imagine the goal is to kind of stop them from continuing their streak or their momentum knowing that there's big picture especially that owner's championship how obviously you'll be running your races of course you have miguel on the road courses and of course sam mayer once he's eligible how it, how neat is it to be a part of a kind of like a team progress to where you do your part and the others do their part hoping that that eight car makes it to the championship for from the owner's side of things. Yeah. I mean, that's not, you know, really that's not been something we talked a whole lot about, you know, unfortunately we've had kind of a lot of misfortune that really just um, has made, you know, points and things like that, not really a priority for us. Um, you know, but obviously the wind helped. I mean, I, that locked them into it, gave them some bonus points. Um, so that'll be good, good for them to have the opportunity to go do that. I'm sure they're, uh, they're paying attention to it and, you know, we'll really just wish them all the best when they get there. All right. We're down to our final few questions. 
usually when I do features, I like to kind of discuss about music. What is primarily your main go-to music that kind of keeps you motivated upon race day, especially now with this just essentially race day compared to the short track lay models where there's plenty of practices going on? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different than what I'm used to. You know, I'm used to with the short track stuff. I mean, a lot of practice and preparation with the car kind of hands-on. Um, the, you know, the Xfinity stuff has been different and really just kind of really relying on myself to get ready. Um, you know, I really, I listen to kind of all kinds of music. Um, I'm not really, I don't really, I'm not a huge music guy. I enjoy it. Um, I'm from the Nashville area. So, you know, country and stuff like that is something that I listen to, but really I like it all. Um, I'm really not too particular. And now the, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm positive people have mentioned where, when you have a Marsville grandfather clock, where does it go? Because I know, what was it, Eric Goodale won the modified race. He's planning to put it on the kitchen area. There's some that give it to their crew members. Of course, you won already at Marsville before the Xfinity. Where do you just have that mindset to put that huge grandfather clock? Because I'd imagine it is huge in person. Yeah, no, that's an amazing, uh, amazing trophy. Um, really special and and uh you know i was lucky enough to win win there in the late model car and have one and you know i'm gonna i'm still working on where to put the second one um it's uh been at jrm um ever since we won but eventually it's it's going to go to my house and we're we're not really sure where we're going to put it yet but i guess it's a good problem to have and you know i'm sure one day um you know, if we move or something along the lines we can pick out a little more permanent spot for it totally understandable now, the last one I have, it goes back to kind of like the driver development and all of that. If you were to tell anybody that is in the late model short track world, what would you, what would be the grand advice you would give them now that you have experience on the national level and hoping to expand on it in the future? Yeah, really, I think, uh, I mean, I guess really the one thing that stands out to me, I think that I would like to see more of these younger guys do is just stay in, stay in your, you know, your late models, your super late models, um, whatever you're, you're kind of cutting your teeth in, you know, don't rush yourself up the ladder. Um, enjoy those times. And, and it's going to be tough. I mean, it's tough for them kids because they're, they're young and they're, they're learning their craft and, and learning how to work with a team, you know, so take that time and, and, and also, like I said, you're racing like, like a lot of guys like myself that have been doing this a long time, um, kind of the local hero guys. And there's a lot that can be learned there. Don't rush yourself up through the ladder. Um, enjoy those times and, and uh, you know, try to really absorb it. And then, you know, I think your path through the ranks will become a lot easier because, I mean, you take a guy like me that's you know, literally just went from a late model to an Xfinity car in one. So it's possible uh, to do for sure. Most, most certainly. So it's definitely an absolute pleasure to have you on for the few minutes that we have and I wish you the best of luck at Talladega. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Most certainly. Take care. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. I wanted to make a couple notes going forward because the month of May is coming up with the Indianapolis 500 only allowing 40% of venue capacity attend the 105th running and also loosely the Grand Prix of Indianapolis, even though they have never drawn 135,000 in that event ever, and I don't think they will. But 
it's a good sense of a right direction because I know last season I was in the down and outs discussing about the Indianapolis 500 to the point I didn't even want to talk about it. So fortunately, there's some sense of normalcy in that regard. But this coming month, I might be doing more episodes about how things are going because I may be going on a long getaway trip. I know for a fact that I'll be doing stuff at Darlington Raceway, whether or not it will just be the cup races yet to be determined. So stay tuned for that one. So in that regard, this is where you need to follow me on social media to get the latest updates on my journey and vice versa and get a good idea whether or not I'll be doing podcast episodes in that month. First off, on Twitter, DLT Files. Then on Instagram, Luis D. Torres 94. L U I S D S and Dog. T O R R E S 94. My personal website, LuisDTorres.com. You can also find my latest works on the Motorsports Tribune and the Podium Finish, which you will find my feature article with Josh Berry. The stuff that you heard in this interview is pretty much what you. See it in reading form if you want to get a good glimpse of it, of what I do. And also, I have a Patreon, Luis Torres Multimedia. I would highly appreciate the support on that side of things. I can't thank Troy Salter and Catherine Gaskill being the two Patreons on my account to date. Hopefully, you get a good boost. But for those two, I can't thank you enough. I'll be providing more content when more opportunities become available. Hopefully, in the month of May, I'll be able to have all of that. So... In the meantime, that'll do it for this episode, and until we meet again, I hope you have a safe week, safe month ahead, be mindful, stay hungry, be determined to accomplish whatever you have in mind.